Hello, my fellow neighbors, to Ocean Avenue, an adult animated comedy podcast, and I'm your host, Donnie. Today, I'm doing a review of Bob's Burgers Season 14, Episode 5, Believe It or Not, and Simpsons Season 35, Episode 5, Treehouse of Horror 34. Also, I have other projects on the way that I'm going to announce at the end of the episode. Before we get this episode started, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start the night off with Bob's Burgers. Welcome back. Hopefully you weren't too shocked by Jimmy's new voice. Well, anyways, here is the review for Season 14, Episode 5, Believe It or Not. So in the beginning of the episode, we have Zeke and Jimmy Jr. talking to each other about tank bottoms. Soon after, we have Tina introducing uh, Will, a new student in the area. Zeke begins to act strange and runs away. Bob at the restaurant is talking to the new Jimmy Pesto about rats and roaches. Jimmy looks into the window of Bob's restaurant and notices his burger of the day. It's the ball pit burger. Zeke talks to Jimmy Jr. in school in the school playground and then Zeke notices that Will was there and begins to act worried and looks a little fidgety. Soon after, Will starts walking towards Zeke and he runs away. <laughs> Bob at the restaurant, we have Bob offering Teddy the burger ball pit burger, I think is what it was called, but he doesn't want to try it. As Bob turns around, he notices that Jimmy has a similar idea, but it's called the pizza ball pit, whatever, pizza ball pit. Jimmy says that he came up with the idea at the same time Bob did, but Bob feels that he stole the idea from him. Jimmy and Zeke are once again talking before lunch, and Jimmy feels that Will was Zeke's bully. Louise wants to take revenge out on Will for being a bully. Her idea is to have Gene hold a juice box across from him and shoot apple juice at his crotch and it would make him look like he peed his pants. Bob is still mulling over the fact that Jimmy stole his idea and he noticed that Jimmy is getting tons of customers. Wart walks in and asks for the burger of the day hoping this would calm him down. Zeke and Jimmy Jr. are talking again and Jimmy Jr. and the gang explain that they support him and they feel like you know, if you if he was your bully, we're going to stick by you. Zeke is attempting to say stop and refuse to and they refuse to listen to him. Eventually, Gene accepts the attempt to spray Will the apple juice and Zeke stops them from happening. This forces Zeke to admit that he was a bully, not Will, and that he had aggression and wrestled everyone in school to get attention. He was known as Peace Streak Zeke because he made people pee on themselves. Bob is upset about all the attention Jimmy is getting and begins to march over there. Mort just wanted soup and he doesn't like the burger full of little balls. It finds it weird. At Jimmy's restaurant, Bob is interfering uh, with the interview Jimmy has. And he, as he sits there waiting for Jimmy, he realizes that his idea is helping Jimmy. Jimmy Jr. feels that Zeke needs to apologize and move forward with this. Zeke apologizes to Will, but Will does not accept it. We learned that the real reason Will is upset with him is that Zeke made fun of his lisp and that this shocks everyone, especially Jimmy Jr. as he is truly offended because he still has an obvious lisp. Zeke mentions that he will never, he did that, he will never do it again and he's truly sorry for what he did. Zeke attempts to make amends and he is willing to lick the booger wall. At, uh, as Bob is thinking about arguing about the burger of the day fiasco, he turns the table by saying that it was his worst idea and it's so amazing you and your customers like it so much even though he has better ideas and it'll probably give him more success. Zeke attempts to lick the booger wall but before he actually does he is forgiven by both 
Will, and Jimmy Jr. He does it for real to prove that he wasn't playing and they forgive him anyways. The ending credits is the Ketchup Loves the Mustard song Linda was singing during working at the restaurant. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack on this episode. I did not write an outline for my review, so this is all on the top of my head. When I watched it, I uh, wasn't that thrilled with it because it wasn't much going on. I did like the idea of Zeke. Um, see, I, I like the idea that Zeke overcame his bulliness because he was kind of a bully in the beginning of the season of the series. And he kind of like slowly just became an un misunderstood character. That is actually sweet and kind because he was very nice to his grandmother. So when he was at a couple schools over, he had a lot of aggression for moving around so much that he took it out on Will. And even though this was third grade and now they're in sixth grade, it was three. It was, a, yeah, they're in eighth grade, I think. So it's been five years since then. And I don't really feel that it's fair to judge Zeke on that. I mean, that's not enough time to have passed. But apparently it was enough for Will to feel truly offended and wanting revenge on the fact that Zeke made him feel so bad about himself and i feel like it's really nice that they were able to confront each other about it and be so civil even though he did like a booger wall to prove that point but i felt that that was a good over uh, overall story side story for the this episode the main story i don't know if it is the main story or not but it's the other side story that does have a major point is the jimmy pesto and bob story that story didn't really get my attention. I like the idea, as you know, I wrote a story not that long ago that had very similar plot points, that of someone stealing Bob's Burger of the Day idea and then Bob wanting revenge on them. And it was a little different as Jimmy Jr. Uh, Jimmy Pesto was not involved in that story because I wasn't sure what they were going to do with this character and I made a whole new character for it. So, you know, I, I got they were going in the right direction with that. I just feel like it didn't have enough impact. Also, the new voice for Jimmy uh, Junior, Jimmy Pesto is, is going to have to take some time to grow on me. I mean, it sounds pretty close to how I remember Jimmy Pesto, but there's still something off about it. So maybe it's a little bit too robotic for me, or maybe it just doesn't have the same... It just fell off. Like, I remember when I first heard it, it sounded like he was talking through, like, a Zoom call or something. It didn't feel as clean or clear as the other voices in the episode. So, I don't know if this was, like, a last-minute decision to get the voice over for uh, Jimmy Pesto. Because I'm starting to think the reason why this episode was originally called P-Streak Zeke and then eventually become uh, Believe It or Not, I believe... <laughs> or not that I think this episode was probably recorded many years ago and this was actually just a voiceover job done by oh my gosh I forgot his name let me look it up one moment so the voice was um Eric Baza that was the voice of the new Jimmy Pesto he's done the voice for uh Bob's dad Big Bob so he was already in the Bosberger family I think he just they weren't sure if they were going to use his voice or not and it feels like last minute they were like well we can still use this episode and we're just gonna have to have him do the voiceover for that part and i think that's what happened because it felt very robotic almost ai feeling like as if maybe they kind of used the dialogue mixed in with his voice to just make it more accurate as they didn't want to reanimate it i don't know it just felt like a salvation effort by the show to not you know redo the episode by just having him do the voiceover for it i don't know exactly what they did but it didn't feel natural 
That's the only thing. I feel like he will be a good voice eventually. Like when they do an episode where I feel like it's completely fresh and new, that he would sound really close to what Jimmy Pesto sounded before. But this episode just felt a little off. So I don't exactly am not sure what happened during the translation layer of this, but I feel like it will improve later. I'm excited for that. I am happy that we got to get Jimmy Pesto back. I do like the little rivalry between Bob and Jimmy Pesto. As you know, he is that that little rivalry is one of my favorite things because I like seeing them get at each other's throat. It's just really funny. It's an entire dynamic that was missing for a while on the show, and I'm so happy that it's back. And uh, obviously, Trev is back, and with Trev back, it improved everything. He was the scene stealer this episode. He had the best one-liners, the best mentions when he said, um, there, zip your trap. And then, then Trev says, zipping, unzipping, perfect. I loved it. Hilarious. So overall, this episode wasn't one of my favorite episodes, but it was a good episode to watch. I will watch it again. Um, the whole Jimmy Peso second section will be distracting for years to come. <laughs> kind of wish it was a little bit more, less, uh, less clumsily put together, but... It was a good episode overall. Um, was it my favorite? No. So I'm going to give this a 8 out of 10. So even though it wasn't my favorite episode, it really wasn't an average episode. It was a little bit above that. I just wish there was more going on, but I did like the backstory for Zeke. And I do like the return of Jimmy Pesto. So up next is The Simpsons. This is a review of The Simpsons Season 35, Episode 5, Treehouse of Horror 34. This episode of The Simpsons is three parts, as most Treehouse of Horrors are. So here's the first part. It started off kind of slow. We have The Simpsons getting into the digital age, talking about NFTs. Bart decides to turn himself into an NFT and becomes very expensive, and Homer is surprised that he's worth so much. We learn this because he's the first human NFT. Marge freaks out and she wants to go into the blockchain and bring him back into the real world. She realizes that she's not worth much in the NFT world as she is the second human NFT and learns that she has to destroy other NFTs to gain her value to go up to the next level. She has a key that will get her and Bart out of the NFT world once she reaches Bart. So to reach Bart she would have to kill many many more NFTs to get to his level. When she reaches Bart, Homer is in the real world wanting to sell Bart to Mr. Burns and as he's being tempted, Marge begins to turn the key. Moments later, we see Bart and Marge are in the real world and we find out Homer actually sold himself to Mr. Burns for $100 million and soon after, the NFT market crashes and he's worth nothing. Part 2 we have an alternate ending of the older Treehouse of Horror where Sp Sideshow Bob is on the boat and successfully kills Bart in bloody fashion. This causes Lisa trauma and we fast forward into the future and Lisa is now a successful professor. She begins to work with Officer Nelson <laughs> to find uh, who the killer is. There's a lot of gruesome deaths with clues that say that they were the first. Eventually, Lisa figures out that the someone that the person that is killing these people are killing firstborns and goes to jail to confront Sideshow Bob. Moments later, Sideshow Bob is taken by a police officer and placed in a jail cell with Lisa. She explains that she killed all the firstborns to be placed so she can be placed in the same jail as him. Maggie was the police officer who placed Bob in the cell. Lisa begins to brutally murder Bob 
in the cell and we see Maggie not paying any mind to her as he is screaming for help. In part three, Homer is at work and eats a nuclear coated, well like, you know, like nuclear waste coated donut and begins to have stomach pain. He begins to burp into Flanner's face and he begins to get sick. Moments later, he turns into a version of Homer. As he burps more and more, more Homers begin to form out of the townspeople. Eventually, most of the town that aren't the Simpsons kids become a version of Homer. Frank is in a hazmat suit and attempts to use Homer to find a cure and fix the world. He thought he was going to shock Homer into reality since he was fighting so much against it when he brings out a Homerfied Marge. And, but it backfires because Homer was more happier than ever. Frank is attempting to destroy the town to save the world. Homer scratches Frank in his back with a back scratcher and that lets the gas in and it takes turns him into a version of Homer. Eventually, they all are happy together in the world, but the world comes to an end because none of them are capable of doing anything to maintain the planet. <laughs> so this episode had a lot of really cool and interesting ideas, and I actually enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was probably the best episode of The Simpsons this season by far. So in the first story with the NFT story, I thought it wasn't going to be very good because in the very beginning, there was a lot of talking in the beginning that I really wasn't really following along. I was like, okay, NFTs, we heard a million times, but they really flipped the script when they made Bart go into NFT world. And then we have Marge also joining in. I believe this was a movie reference. I really don't know which movie it was, but it was well done and I enjoyed it a lot. And I thought it was a really funny scene. And really thought it was really clever. They did a really good job making the first part work. And I was really surprised and very proud of them for doing it. Part two with the uh, Sideshow Bob thing. I thought it was really cool how in the beginning that it was in the old 4x3 format. And then it slowly opened up into the 9x16 format maybe widescreen. So when they were in widescreen I was like whoa they can really copy the old school uh, Simpsons animation style why don't they always do that because it looks the best but anyway so as we progress in the story I did feel that it was very similar to like a Silence of the Lambs or another movie I can't think of the top of my head that maybe it was I forgot the name of the movie but they had similar kind of thing and I like the plot twist at the end that it was actually Lisa was the murderer and she was just going through the motions to just get herself arrested to get back at Bob very good, well-written episode. Loved it a lot. And part three, while not as well-written as the first two, I did feel that it was something a little different. They've done the multiple Homers thing many times, including the the clones. I think it was a Homer Enter the Clones or something. They did that previously. But this is a little bit different as we've never seen homer fight other town townspeople. And it's very funny and very cute. And I thought it was really great. Uh, the ending was really funny and very typical of a Treehouse of Horror episode where the world comes to an end. So overall, this episode was much, much higher than I expected it to be for a Treehouse of Horror episode in the new age. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 as it was really well written, great, fun to watch, exciting, and different. I would have given it a perfect 10, but the only problem is it wasn't didn't have as many jokes in the beginning. And uh, it really didn't, it, it picked up steam in a very weird spot. So I, that's the only reason I knocked off a point. But overall, well-made episode, enjoyed it tremendously. And uh, I feel like this is probably a really high point for this season and probably the last two seasons. Good job. <laughs>
So here's the wrap up for tonight. I'm not doing an episode on Family Guy because I didn't have time to watch it yet. And I really don't want to do a review on something I haven't watched. I just don't want to be like doing kind of like haphazard review for it. I've been busy doing other things. I'll explain that later. But for right now, let me give you a wrap up for these two these two episodes. Which was the best one of the night? I would have to give it to The Simpsons on this one because they did a really good job and they had good writing and animation. Very cool animation in some parts of this episode. They did a lot, uh, a lot of storytelling in a very little bit of time. It just feels like the older Treehouse of Horrors where they were emulating movies and pop culture and doing a really good job focusing on the family. Very good. I enjoyed it a lot. And then I would give second place, obviously, to um, the Believe It or Not. I just didn't think it was as good as Treehouse of Horror tonight. Not, it was it was just a very slow episode. The Jimmy Jr. Bob uh, kind of argument wasn't as spectacular as I was expecting it to be. And uh, it, there, the Zeke's entire storyline felt kind of slow. But I did like the overall story of it. And I felt that it was very necessary for Zeke to have that little evolution of himself. And we learned a little bit about his backstory. And I really thought it was funny that Bob got his um, idea stolen finally by Jimmy Pesto. That was something I always thought that'd be really funny to have as a storyline. And I'm happy they were able to overcome that and do it. So yeah, tonight's episodes were really well done. I thought it was really fun to watch. I was really impressed by The Simpsons. I honestly was not, I was going to write them off. And this episode probably going to be kind of like last year's, which wasn't that great. This one was really good. And I suggest anybody that really wants to know what the new Simpsons is about to really watch that and tell me if you think you like it or not. I think it's very interesting. Now that this episode's over and I'm just going to talk about upcoming projects that I'm doing. So if uh, this is all you're going to listen to for today, thank you so much for listening and make sure to check out my website at uh, podcasterdying.com. And if you want to stick around for the rest of the updates, go right ahead. Thank you so much for listening. So here's my updates for upcoming projects that I'm doing. I'm going to um, convert the Instagram account from Ocean Avenue to uh, my new show that I'm writing. It's Liam uh, Liam La Vida Loca, which is going to be a adult animated comedy show. But the difference is not animated because I can't afford to write draw animation for it. But what it's going to be is going to be I'm going to have like instead of having Bob's Burgers characters that I normally do on Instagram, I'm going to be having the characters that I drew and their little stories and backstories about about them. And then on the podcast, I'm actually going to every once in a while have a new episode that I write and I'll read it as if it was a real show. And you get to um, have, you know, a little bit of new things to listen to because maybe you haven't had a chance to watch the latest episode of Bob's Burgers or any of the other shows. Or maybe you are wanting something new or different or maybe you've already listened to all of the reviews and you want something different to listen to. So I'll have my show which is kind of weird to say um i'll have new episodes of that and i'll label them i'll have a little uh emoji i'll tell you about it later when i get to that point and then i will uh have the scripts available on the website i'll have it on podcaster.com i'll make a new icon on there for that so that you're able to click on that and look at all that and you're probably wondering why are you doing all this well here's the thing when I had um, when I had an Instagram and I used a Bob's Burgers characters for all of my wacky drawings that I do, you know how I do like parodies of different like 
foods and products and stuff like that. I find it really funny and fun. Well, people get really irritated when they can't buy things. I don't know what it is, but they're like, where can I buy this? Why is it not for sale? Where can I? And it's like, it's not for sale. It's literally a parody of an object. It's something I wish was for sale, but it's more of a joke thing. It's not a realistic product. I even write in bold letters that this is not a real product. That's not enough. Apparently people still think it's real and they get upset with me thinking that I'm trolling them or whatever. And it's kind of like not my vibe for having such negativity on something that's so positive and fun. So I decided like, well, I think that maybe I'm, I shouldn't be using other people's properties to create, uh, you know, art. So, or, or, or maybe like, or other types of products, maybe I'll just draw my own. Maybe I'll do my own universe, you know? So that's exactly what I came up with since I do like writing stories. I've written a couple on here uh, featuring the Bob's Burgers characters. It's kind of difficult to write other people's properties because people already have an imagination of what these characters can do and what they do. And when you do write other people's properties, such as like Bob's Burgers, Simpsons or whatever, you also run the risk of people saying like, well, you know, you really, you, you're doing this wrong. This is not what they would do and all this stuff. So you really are limited in your creativity and people become very aggressive when they're when their thinking of things is changed or warped in any way, especially when characters they love to death, it just happens. So when I was doing drawings of like, uh, like I had one where I had Louise without her hat on, people were very outraged. I would even attempt it to do that as if, if this is Mona Lisa or something, I don't understand. It's a show, a lighthearted show that normally pushes boundaries that are kind of like light, you know, light spirited. I don't understand why, the aggression over that so that was kind of like very strange because my vibe is more like carefree have fun and uh, the negativity really isn't really worth it to me so uh, if I make my own characters I can create what I believe the universe would be and have fun with that and not have people telling me what to do when their opinions honestly don't matter to me because if you don't like what I do then it's so simple just unfollow, remove, block, whatever. You don't have to be aggressive. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. My feelings were not hurt at all. I wasn't upset about it or anything. It's just, I don't like that. So I don't like it, so I won't do it. It's very simple. So I even announced on my Instagram that I'm no longer posting any Bob's Burgers content on my page on Instagram because that was, that, that was the final straw. I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. I feel like I can be creative without using these properties and get just as many likes and views or whatever that, you know, is needed to get, you know, pr to promote the podcast and everything like that. So, you know, that's, that's over that part, that entire world is over for me. So I'm just focusing on Liam La Vida Loca as my, uh, my Instagram account. So if you would like to visit my Instagram account, once I have it up and running, I'll explain everything on here and you can go visit and see, the characters that I created, their little backstories, their whole vibe. It's basically three, uh, five characters, just like every other family drama and comedy. We're going to have a mother and father, which are based off my own mother and father, kind of. Then we're going to have the main character, uh, his brother, who the main character is Liam, his brother and 
uh, he has one sister, an older sister. The characters are actually not very similar to anything that's on TV. For one, they're um, multiracial Latin X characters. So um, my heritage is Puerto Rican, and we're all we're all multiracial. DNA proves it. We're all, we're three or more different races in our body. <laughs> so we're multiracial. We all look different. Everyone in our family looks different. Some of us have straight hair. Some of us have curly hair. Some of us are darker than others. We have different eye colors, eye shapes, everything. We're all like a big mix. None of us really look exactly the same, which is one of the things that I really wish they would have more representation on TV, but obviously it, you don't really get it because they like to have everything uniform, cool, but I, I don't have that relation. So I wanted to have something that, you know, represented what I grew up with. So to see everyone look different and be different and have different personalities is what I'm used to. Two, the setting will be in Florida because that's where I'm from and most Puerto Ricans live in Florida. <laughs> Ever since Hurricane Maria, there's a lot of Puerto Ricans in Florida. So that's the other thing. Also, the side characters, there's going to be tons of side characters. All of them also from different races and different cultures. And I would like that to be a major focus of the show of bringing unity in cultures and different viewpoints. I really think that's important. But I'm not going to forget this is also a comedy. It's not going to be serious. Nothing tremendously serious. But it will be very Bob's Burgers-esque in the sense that they will tackle somewhat serious events uh, in a lighthearted way. It's still going to focus on comedy. It's like just like Bob's Burgers where there's a lot of comedy. It's not going to be like uh, melodramatic or anything like that. And uh, there will be a formula to it. I have it mentally put together, but I don't have it up ready yet. I have to write the stories. The first one always is going to be the longest because I have to do some world building and stuff like that. I can't wait to talk about it because I have so much to talk about when it comes to this project. So I have all of the characters that are in the main cast drawn up. All of their bios is done. So all of that is ready. So yeah, can't wait for y'all to listen. So uh, make sure to uh, like and subscribe the podcast. And when I have that website up, I'll have it up and I'll, you can, I'll share it with you. And hopefully maybe I'll make enough money to get it animated and have maybe short animations of it because I did find places that will animate things. So we'll soon find out. Well, anyways, um, until the next episode, bye bye <laughs>